Welcome to the Mergon Podcast. What started over 40 years ago as one small company is now an international network of businesses and non-profit partners. A story of unfolding impact across sectors and continents. Join us as we share our journey and explore what's possible when God leads the way. In this episode, Peter Forer, Almero Strauss and Lauren Henning share some of their learning experiences as a small, new team. At the time, there simply was no blueprint available for operating in the diverse environments of entrepreneurial investment, philanthropy and corporate social impact. Undeterred, the team added a kingdom-minded mandate and carved out their own way forward. Welcome to episode four of our Mergon Journey podcast series entitled Beauty in Small Beginnings. I'm Peter Forer, CEO at Mergon, and with me today is Almira Strauss, fellow director at Mergon, and Lauren Klute-Henning, head of product development and strategy development at Nation Builder, both of whom have been with Mergon since the transition from Francois to the next generation. Hello, Peter. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Guys, over the years, we've received so many requests from others wanting to know more about who Mergon is and how we operate. And so in this series, we try and answer some of those questions by discussing our faith journey as investment entrepreneurs and remembering where we've come from and celebrating God's goodness and faithfulness along the way. Last time we spoke about the transition from Francois to to us as a new team, and I've really been looking forward to today's episode because we don't often get the opportunity to reflect on those early days when the small team, I think it was me, Lauren, yourself, um, Almerue, we had Marinda van Skalkwijk who looked after the, the giving part of Mergon, and I think we had one accountant. It was really this little team that took its first steps on this journey to build Mergon with the mandate that Francois and the trustees have entrusted to us. Can you believe it's just about 15 years ago? Wow, it really feels like just yesterday that we were sitting around the boardroom in uh, in Fairy Glen in Pretoria. Small beginnings, and I can't believe how much we've grown since then. Yeah, Lauren, we've come a very special journey over many, many years. And our journey had the most unusual of beginnings. Maybe you want to share with the listeners where our journey started and how it came about that you ended up working with Mergon. I had actually been, I'd been living in London at the time and I moved over to France to be part of a church plant. And then at the time, our church was hosting a, a conference. Um, there were actually many people from South Africa that were part of it. And then I met you and Corneille, your wife. And then I was your translator from French into English. I hope you understood what I was saying. And then I remember we spoke about Mergon. I didn't quite understand it at that time, but I knew it was about um, business and about um, the kingdom. And it sounded very interesting, but I didn't really think much more of it. And then I returned to South Africa and out of the blue, you contacted me and asked me to come up to Pretoria and to consider joining the Mergon team. I was fascinated, except I wasn't sure I wanted to move to Pretoria, but it was the best best decision that I made, especially because it combined the concept of having a, a social impact, but also having a kingdom impact. And that was really, really important to me. Yeah, Lauren, I remember 
listening to you, having some really um, thoughtful conversations about impact and realizing that it's not quite as simple as I thought it might be, that actually we had so much to learn. And I realized that a big part of being successful in this space is appointing really good people with deep knowledge of the social development and impact sector. And that was one of the first decisions we took was to really invest in quality people. Yes, Peter, when I when I joined Mergon, I realized that, you know, it's one thing to have a, a vision and a passion, but I also saw that we needed to professionalize the work that we were doing so that we could bring credibility to the work and also to have our finger on the pulse and to see how we could align ourselves with standards of excellence to the organizations around us, to businesses, to other philanthropists. This has been important for us, not just as Mergon, but also for the organizations that we partner with to understand how we could add value and what that value can be and what the fruit of that of that value is. What was amazing was that I had this passion about corporate social investment and developing uh, developing standards of applications and evaluations from my work in the UK and I I just loved the idea that we could apply that to the South African context. Omura, you know, even though um, we inherited a, uh, if I can say from, from Francois, an amazing base on the investment side, we're right at the start of the journey. And similarly, we, you know, as in the, the impact space, we find our way in the investment space. You know, Peter, uh, thinking back, we really started in the early part of 2008 and uh, the previous 20 years for Mergen had really been an, an amazing period of growth where the portfolio has been built and it consisted of essentially um, ownership in a number of private property funds in South Africa. Um, and it was a decision to, to really, you know, do we now take some of this balance sheet and put it with a number of asset managers become more of a capital preservation um, approach or do we remain entrepreneurial? And it was a decision to really remain entrepreneurial and we, we started on that on that journey in 2008 and as everyone can probably remember then the global financial crisis happened and so we started out on this entrepreneurial journey right when it almost we, was we did the, not see that coming <laughs> we, we absolutely didn't see that coming but then it happened and we had to to roll with the punches um it was really a tough time and and we also decided to increase the giving in Mergon. Uh, we wanted to really start funding these organizations that we'd built relationships with. Um, but we were sitting with a balance sheet that was very illiquid. Um, although it was fast growing, it was sitting in private property funds that weren't paying dividends, that was really focused on capital growth. And so we had to figure out, you know, where do we get liquidity from? And we had to start figuring out how do we sell little bits of private property funds in South Africa. And so it was a really tough time. It was really difficult to be entrepreneurial in order to generate liquidity out of the portfolio for the giving, but also to reinvest into other uh, smaller businesses. So Almira, let's be honest, um, after 20 years, I think where the portfolio grew with 30s and even 40% per annum, let's share a little bit with the listeners what our first couple of years looked like. Well, we were given a lot of grace, um, I think both by God and also by Francois, um, the founder, who really gave us a space to to make those mistakes. Um, and we felt like it was a safe space in order to, to make mistakes and learn. Yeah, if I look back on those first couple of years, I think God 
was really more interested in our character than our success. I think he knew that if we walked in and everything was just flying and we were riding the coattails, it probably wouldn't have been good for us in the long run. And looking back now, it actually shaped us and it taught us so much by having to wrestle through those early years and having to come in uh, from a very humble position as youngsters in the investment space. We needed to build relationships. We needed to create a position of, of influence, but we really were there to, to learn together with, with entrepreneurs that we were working with. Um, and I think it, it really set a base for um, a lot of our approach, not just in investment, uh, but in, in, in many aspects in, in Mergon. Yeah, and one of the things that I remember so well from our early conversations, Omro, was that we spoke a lot about investment and business, not just being a means to an end. In other words, being a tool to generate kingdom uh, funds that can be used for kingdom impact, but in itself also being a vessel through which we can have kingdom impact. Yeah, I think it made us really think about not just what we invest in, but how we invest and not just about investing in businesses for return, but what really what those businesses are all about, what are their values, um, how do they treat their people. And we really needed to start thinking about our, our calling, not just as investors, but a, you know, calling to the marketplace and how do we influence the marketplace through um, the way that we invest, the way that we engage with, with the entrepreneurs and the way that those businesses engage with, with society and, and the broader impact that they have. So actually from the start, there was a golden thread that ran through both the investment and the impact part of our organization, that we believe that all of us are part of the Kingdom Impact Team, that it's not just about the giving, but actually about how we engage in business and how we engage with organizations that we fund um, in order to also bring Kingdom Impact and bring God's heart into those spaces as we enter into those spaces. And Lauren, two words that stood out from the early stages that sort of ran through our organization as a whole was relationship and partnership. Do you want to share with us a little bit more about that and, and how that influenced how we engage with organizations in the ministry space? Peter, I think that if we look at your typical engagement between donors and not-for-profits or, or ministries, there's typically been quite a, an imbalance of power. There's the, the the givers and the recipients. And and part of the journey that we've walked has been to, to spend time to un understanding our ministry partners and the not-for-profits that we've been working with. So realizing that they've got so much to teach us and we've got so much to learn from them that we need to spend time with them, getting to know them, to understand their approaches. And we can only do that in, um, in partnership. We've learned a lot along the way about the, the, the unintended consequences of, of that imbalance of power. So you can have great intentions and a generous heart and um, love the Lord. But if there is a lack of understanding, there could be just enabling or perpetuating victim mentality, um, having a savior mentality, and not actually empowering or, or partnering. And so I think along the way, what's been so valuable is elevating and engaging with, with ministry leaders and organizations to hear their voice and to, um, yeah, just to, to see each other as partners, not just as in the, the donor and ministry relationships. 
Yeah, Amr, if I bring it back to you, I think you can share actually very similar experiences from our early days as um, investment um, partners. Yeah, Peter, you know, you can come in as an investor into a business, really taking approach of, you know, I'm the expert and, you know, having that power imbalance there as well. Um, and I think, you know, for us as entrepreneurs, you know, coming into young businesses, it also really, you know, meant that we needed to partner with with also high quality teams that in themselves had great leadership, a great relationship, great partnership values and, and approaches themselves. Yeah, really coming in as almost co-entrepreneurs alongside those um, those organizations and um, learning with them on this journey. And I think it stood us in really good stead and um, really helped us grow along the way as well. So what's actually coming through here is that from the very early days, it was not just about deploying capital into investments or into ministry organizations, but it was actually also about establishing and finding our way in terms of a culture and how we wanted to do things. And we were always very intentional to say, what does it look like for us to, to really honor leaders to, and to really bring something of God's heart into these relationships that we enter into? And also internally to figure out what did it really mean for us to be stewards from a biblical perspective of what has been entrusted with us. And so some of the things that I know we were passionate about was there was always a sense of urgency. There was a sense of we are committed to excellence. And there was also a deep realization that success does not sit in our hands, but actually God is calling us to be faithful. If I think of that scripture that says, well, where God says, well, uh, or the master says, well done, good and faithful servant being commended not for his success, but actually for faithful stewardship. Omri, but the reality is it's also about the right people. And what does that mean to have the right people? Now, Peter, if you um, in a small team that really it takes, I think that the whole approach of stewardship and excellence um, seriously, that, that means that you also need quality people in your team, people that are really self-motivated, people that come in with, with skills and experiences, um, and that you can really rely on a small team to really take that approach and, and be that approach and live that. Um, that also means um, some very interesting experiences, especially as a young team. Lauren, I think you've got some some stories about that. Mm. Yeah, I think that we've also had to, in the learning process, um, we come with some preconceived ideas, but we also have had to just allow some lightheartedness because the work that we're doing can be can be weighty. Um, so yeah, we've we've definitely built up a lot of memorable experiences along the way. So like traveling and having to share beds in remote locations on our travels, eating strange foods and, and having to look like you're enjoying it. I remember also walking the streets at night, um, praying with sex workers and definitely. And if I remember right, Francois actually yes. went with yeah, you Yeah, Francois was actually with us. That and, was um, incredible. Yeah. yeah, that was really Really, really humbling, um, and I think all of us definitely felt out of our out of our comfort zone. Yeah, I think you mentioned Francois, and we'll continue to mention Francois's impact through this series. But it was incredible how he allowed us freedom to give expression to what God had put in our hearts collectively, 
Um, he did not come with a very strong sort of um, a hand and to direct us to say, guys, this is how you need to do things. He gave us the mandate and he really allowed us to to develop as a team and to discover on this journey. And he was really generally just always supportive if we came with new ideas. And I remember one or two of our very early um, investments, Omri, that didn't pan out so well. And I remember having to go and explain to Francois one day and said, Francois, I think, I think we're going to lose our money on this investment. And Francois looked at me and he said, you know what? It's just money. The experiences and the learning is what counts. And, um, and so we can be so grateful because it really allowed us to create space for God to unfold his journey for us as a team. And I think we can really look forward to learning more of that journey as we go along. We've also realized along the way that we have no superstars on the, on the team, uh, regardless of your position. Um, it's really about the, the strength of the collective and um, what we all bring together. I think one of the memories that really stands out for me is one day Francois called me into his office and he'd just given a talk. And I was new and I was junior at the time. And he, he asked me, you know, what could I have done better? How could I have done this better for, for next next time I kind of was tempted to say oh nothing it was great but he said no you come back to my office once you've thought about how I can do this better and for me that really really stood out um, and modeled the posture of humility along the way but yeah of course there were lighter moments ones that made us laugh and cringe and we were really yeah establishing good memories well thank you lauren and thank you omara um for sharing some of your memories of those early days sharing some of the context and reminding us that it really was small beginnings um even though we had a wonderful platform that franchise created we had to find our own way and we had to shape um, this journey um, and allow God to shape us in the process. And of course, thank you to our listeners for joining us. In the next episode, we'll be picking up specifically on the investment team's early journey, some of the real business lessons that we learned and sharing some of the amazing stories of startup fails and successes and God's hand of provision in the process. Yeah, thank you, Peter. And uh, it's been good to, to reminisce with all of you guys. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our Mergon journey. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.mergon.co.za.